Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey there, all you car friends. <coughs> car fiends into your heads. Uh, that's right, folks. I spent my entire week driving the Corvette <laughs> from one doctor's appointment to another. Uh, now I'm seeking the fountain of middle age. Welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield with our engineer and co-host, Mr. Mark Groves. Yo! And the evil genius of craving cars on YouTube, Mr. Corey Pratt. Yes! We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios at Driven Media World Headquarters in beautiful rain-soaked Overland Park, Kansas. Yeah, I was uh, I was good to ride my bike over and uh-huh. I was getting stuff ready and all of a sudden I look outside and I hear this kadoom. Uh-huh. <laughs> There it was. Uh, I didn't expect it. Don't myself. want to test that rain gear just yet, do you? Nah, nah, no. no. Um, no. Good on you. It, the the <laughs> longer, dude, you'll put it on, and you're think, gonna think you're fine. You got everything covered up, and you're gonna get, you know, two miles down the road, and you're gonna realize something somewhere didn't seal, and my <laughs> my crotch Ew. is so slowly getting wet. <laughs> I am soup. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. Did I wet myself, or I'm I just... sitting in my own sauce? Yeah. <laughs> so. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DrivenRadioShow and listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you're hearing, God bless you. <laughs> Leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell your friends to listen. listen. Uh, if you're... If there's something you'd like to hear more of, someone you think we should interview, or if you've got an interesting story, we're dying to hear it, send your emails to brett at drivenradioshow.com. Now, Mr. Mark. Sir. What interesting thing did you do on your motorcycle uh, my this motorcycle. weekend? Uh, actually, I, I went driving, uh, what was it, last Saturday, before uh, July 3rd, before mm-hmm. July 4th. And uh, went to a little town, uh, Baldwin City. Baldwin City! I have uh, been caught uh, in a torrential downpour in Baldwin City on my Harley before. It was so fun. There's not much going on in Baldwin City, especially in the downtown area. Cute little you know? town. Yeah, there's a Dollar General, and there's a little grocery store, and there ain't a lot else except for Baker University, which is really cool looking. Been there since the 1850s. Who mm-hmm. knew? And um, uh, cool-looking old buildings, but the, the downtown isn't really very busy. I, I think they roll up the sidewalks on weekends, but there was one cool place that uh, it's called The Nook. It's a bookstore. So I, cool. I shot my loop around the kind of sort of squarish place, and then I was going to just keep going. I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm here. I got my day. It's just yeah. me. So yeah. I stopped. And it's a cool, niche but... Uh, fairly well bred in depth books tiny bookstore that also has a cafe and that also has a full service bar i'm in it is (laughs) so cool i'm in and i said i I gotta be nerdy and lit cool i I had my little pecan whatever it was and it was quite tasty nice and yeasty 
And then uh, uh, ended up talking to a lady there who's so also a... Uh, don't go there. <laughs> don't even. So I realized right after I said that, I'm like, uh-huh. oh, they're looking no, at each other. Boy. Keep talking, keep talking, uh-huh. keep talking. <laughs> Try to run. Who's going to say it first? For the love of God. <laughs> and but, her name was... <laughs> but the, uh, the lady I ended up talking to is also an author, so she gave me one of her books, and I nice. just... I had a great day. All right. And then I cool. rode the bike back and it's, did see some of the air show at Gardner. Uh, got to see, you know, a little, uh, I think there were Corsairs were uh, flying at the time that I went by. And then when I was coming back through, there were uh, F4s and, and not F4, I'm sorry. F, is it F16s? F16s. Highly modified. F-16s. 14, 15, 16s, 22s. I it think, was uh, yeah. just big, cool, the F-18s loud were planes. Because yeah. I, I even had my, my earplugs in and my head uh, helmet on. And it was just like, oh, damn. And that's why so many pilots go deaf. Yeah. It's, uh, it was wonderful. So, uh, great day. How about you, Mr. Corey? Well, uh, a couple of interesting things. I mean, Sunday I went to the the next Crossroad Cars and just kind of hung out a little bit. You know, got to see our friend Henry and all that stuff a nice. little bit. But I was at the air show. Yes. And the reason I was at the air show, I was actually in there. I had media passes and all that stuff. Oh, very so, cool. Ooh. So I went there because the Mustang Club – that I'm part with that they kind of partnered with the air show doing that Blue Hornet Mustang. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Talk about that, that, that Super Snake with 825 horsepower. Did they oh, give yeah. that away? Shelby America was there because of it. Yes. Oh. Well, they're going to truly announce it at the at the national show in a couple of weeks. But, okay. yes, they have done it. Shelby America was there. Did you get it? Did you see, was Mr. Scott Black there? Which one's Scott Black? Is he the president? No, no, we, no, no. No, no, no. Scott Scott Black, Black, no I did not meet him. But uh, the president and vice president of Shelby was there. Ooh, very and cool. And actually, the guy who uh, is, the, is the VP is also the designer mm-hmm. and tester. And guess who interviewed him? This guy right here. Nice. Yeah, so uh, Vincent is his name. Um, I think he'd be an awesome candidate at some point. Maybe well, then maybe the you ought to get on the stick there, dude. So I have his, <laughs> about, I have his information. So if you, we, we, we need to, uh, we need to get him on there. Absolutely. So, so he nice. does all the cool, fun, awesome. I mean, I basically interview him saying, so what's it like having one of the best jobs in the world out in Las Vegas, where he gets to not only design the cars, but take them out the tracks Oh yeah, and beat no, the crap out of them. That sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Yeah. So that was kind of my little highlight and all that stuff. So it was pretty cool. It was really fun. Uh, by the way, and the air show itself was was really oh, nice, amazing. Uh, really cool. I, I've seen so many good pictures from the air show. That was really cool. Uh, by the way, very good video on YouTube this week of a previous Crossroad Cars. Uh, just did so much cool stuff there, yeah, and uh, really nice job. Well done, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Very well done. It. Everybody, watch that. Uh, before I get to all the crap that I got to do this week. I have to wish my lovely bride a happy 14th anniversary. Yay! And uh, to all you people who lost on the pots on, on Rhonda and I, you can suck it. <laughs> Boom. All your money are belong to us. <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. Uh, I have driven to one doctor's appointment after another for the last week. Uh, it turns out that I've lost about 30% of my hearing in the upper registers. Oh. Uh, and uh, now I've I've got a little bit of uh, help in yeah. that regard. Um, I have hearing aids, but they're Bluetooth enabled, so now I can listen to music and ignore you guys. So you've got AIDS. Got yes. It. Yes, I do. That's what I, that's what I pulled out of that. <laughs> too many darn... I'm, I hear you. Yeah. That's like... <laughs> yeah, too, too many dirty phone calls, you wind yeah. up with hearing aids. There you go. Had to get there before you did. It's uh, Also brought Vlad the Impala home this weekend and got to drive the hell out of her. Took her to a really oh, uh, nice. fantastic fireworks display. 
And, of course, the second the fireworks are over, all the guys come over and go, hey, let me see your car. <laughs> so that was that was fun. I uh, got to ride the Mooglide a little bit this weekend. But most importantly, look at that big sucker right there. I finally got the knockoff uh, tool. What is that monstrous tool. chunk of cast metal? Yeah, it's, I don't, it, that's probably it looks some wonderfully engineered. and some steel and, I don't know, some, looks probably, heavy. some Lincoln logs and a bunch of stuff in that. Uh, it, is, <laughs> it is my knockoff removal tool that finally got here from Germany. Who knew the Germans could be so slow, but I've got this. I already test fitted on the knockoffs and pretty quick. I'm going to rip the wheels off that sucker, put new tires on it, check wheel bearings, brakes, all kinds of goodies. So I'm really excited about that. Finally get to get into some of the repairs on the Corvette. Quick question. Hmm. What German cars require a knockoff tool? Not none that I know of. Then so why does that mean Germany? Germany? Yeah. Well, uh, it's a German tool manufacturer. They make them not only for Corvettes, but for Cobras, Jaguars, old Barani wire wheels for Ferraris and Maseratis. Uh, they make them for a whole bunch of stuff, and they're very uh, uh, use-specific. This one is specifically for Corvette knockoffs. The ones for the Cobras, I guess, have a little bit different dimensions to them. Yeah, yeah. And it came with a super-duper towel that you put inside of it to keep it from marring the knockoffs. Nice, Okay. Look at that. That and works. With Go a, Germans. With a big one-inch drive and probably a six-foot-long cheater bar to twist those suckers off of there. So, excited about getting the Corvette fixed. Got to drive a little bit of everything. I didn't drive the 60 Corvette last weekend, but I just didn't have room left in my garage to park everything. Uh, it Note had a nice self, nap. But build a bigger garage. Which is why I need that new brick ranch one-bedroom 17-car garage. <laughs> Done. So tough to find. Zillow never seems to have one. <laughs> Happy 14th anniversary, honey, by the way. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I got flowers. I'm taking her out to dinner someplace she really likes to go. She said, where do you want to go to eat tonight? And I said, this isn't about me. Aww. This is about the 17-car garage. We're going to go yeah, this is about, this is about the, happen tomorrow. <laughs> it's about the 17-car garage with three urinals in it and a beer fridge. Yeah, I love you. There you go. But we'll take out the dinner. Polished floors, too. Polished floors. Nice. Very important. Hey, this week in the news, the new Mustang Mach-E is outselling the standard Mustang. Oh, my God. And they're not anything alike. I don't get it. Uh, Remots and Porsche take over Bugatti, and you can buy a half dozen new 1993 Camaro Indy Pace cars, which is almost 1% of the total production. <laughs> is that weird? That's something you hear every day. That is so strange. Our special guest this week is Jared Pink, co-host of the wildly popular YouTube channel Wrench Every Day. He's uh, Freddie Tavarsh's partner in crime. He's a sometime guest on his channel. Also been on Car Trek and VinWiki. Jared's going to be here to discuss getting a racing license before his driver's license, budget rallying, and why you shouldn't buy Lotus Project cars. And if you <laughs> if you watch his channel, you know what I'm talking about. So let's take a look at this week's news. From Road and Track, the Mustang Mach-E has outsold the traditional Mustang in June. And on a side note, in weather, hell did freeze over. Yeah. Uh, Ford's Mustang and Mustang Mach-E... <laughs> Unrelated, one's the two-door performance car in a continuous production since the mid-60s. The other is an all-electric crossover that was introduced just last year. 
They don't share anything but the badge. Little bit of styling and inspiration. Yeah, whatever. You know, yeah. it's kind of eh, a bit here, best. a bit there. They kind of look a, a, a touch like. Even Satan was heard to say, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I never saw a four door Mustang coming in my damn life. But, mm-hmm. ah, and for the first time ever, the electric one just outsold the gasoline powered one over an entire month. Ford sold 2,465 uh, Mustang Mach in June. Eclipsing the 2,240 Mustangs sold. You know, the, the real Mustang. The Mustang R. The actual Mustang. Yeah, yes. Well, Mustangese, just because I couldn't come up with another name. <laughs> While it, it may not accurately illustrate total interest in both the models, it still shows uh, promise for what, and quote unquote, might be the best marketing decision Dearborn ever made. The Mach-E is significantly <laughs> behind the traditional Mustang in sales for the year to date, 31,950 to 12,975. Yeah, man, one month doesn't mean crap. Well, you know, I, I sit here and I'm like him and hawing and, and heavy sighing on it. I, I don't care that they're making a, a, a four-door electric vehicle. You know, it just, that's it, fine. It's a gutless, nasty. It, it was hard enough looking at a, what was it, a four-door Charger and a four-door Challenger? Yeah. But they still had, like, engines. Yep. Look, you can make an electric car if you want, and certainly there seems to be some demand. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's going to be guys like us who are the holdouts and don't really want to go that direction. Us old guys! Hey, uh, I tell you what... uh, you know, I, I'll give it. You I know, forget. Yeah, what was he saying? Uh oh, gotta use the bathroom. No, I don't. Uh, Five point two seconds, zero to sixty in it. That's so, snappy. You know, for a for a four door. But it's Pinto. just it's just another sport. You it don't have much after a that. Real yeah, big one. And yeah, and, it, and the. And, Eh. It ain't going to break and Meh. handle the same. I don't know, it's just... <laughs> but you know what? Uh, 20 years from now, there's going to be kids going, man, I got this one. You see it? It's so cool. It's got, got crackers the... on it. <laughs> it's got crackers. I will kiss that kid on his forehead. I will hobble right the hell over. I, th- I think that should be absolutely mandatory. Any electric car you get, you should be forced to swap the thing out with crackers. <laughs> Especially if it has the word Mustang I will on it. pay you if you put Craigers on your Tesla. And if you, and if you get a Mach-E, you should have to airbrush some kind of a mural down the side. <laughs> a of, Mustang on fire. Of, of, a, of a naked chick walking into a, a pool of lava or something. <laughs> okay, I'd buy that one. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That See, it's old. We, uh, we are marketing geniuses. Uh, there you go. Uh, the next one should be the Mach-E 6, two axles in the back. If you're two axles, more Craggers. <laughs> just more Craggers. Fifty percent more Cragger. Bigger Can you imagine mi- dually Craggers. Dually Craggers. Oh. I, I just look goosebumps, man. <laughs> we have to quit now. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna stop talking like this. I'm, I'm getting wow. All right then. In, in other news, yes. Yeah. <laughs> also from Road and Track, Remont and Porsche's Bugatti takeover is complete. Wow. So, not to mistake, uh, uh, if anybody ever watched this on any British TV, they were pronouncing it Remek, Remak, but it's, it's Remont. Well, the, pro- the problem yeah. is, it's Croatian. We're probably not even pronouncing it right. But I, from what we've looked up and heard, Remots is, I think, close. Yeah, I think so. I think I we're hope good. so. I think we're good. <laughs> uh, Bugatti, the creator of some of the world's most extreme gasoline-powered cars, and Remont, the creator of the single most extreme electric car ever, have officially yeah. joined forces. Uh, the new adventure, Bugatti Remont, has officially announced earlier this week that Remont will own 55% of the new company, and Porsche 
will hold on to its 45% of Bugatti. Blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So, Make something yeah. evil, man. Well, Porsche will retain, apparently, I guess, 24% of its Remont itself. I didn't realize it had any bit of that. So Sorry. the uh, the Venture will retain both of Bugatti facility in, yeah, in Molsheim, France. Dude, and make something cool. Remont's facility in Zagreb's Croatia. Uh, yeah. Zagreb's Croatia. Yeah. I think I said that right. But uh, Bugatti Chiron uh, production will continue in France for the time being. The goal, though, is to combine these two of uh, the most exciting companies of automotive world. The future I want them to make Anyways, something just... inexplicably stupid that Remots is already the uh, concept one. Yeah. And then they made another one. And the name eludes me for the moment. Uh, that thing was stupid fast. And, you know, all the Bugattis for the last 15 years, same story. I just want to see them put something out that, that resets our boundaries for what's fast. Yeah, where somebody in Dubai goes, well, oh, shit. One, one of the things. <laughs> <laughs> I got to have four of those. Yeah, yeah I'll well, take four. Well, one of the biggest things that they did when they advanced that, you know, that, that, that car that's considered fast is when they did that, that trio with the 918 Spider, the P1, the, the Love Ferrari, yeah, yeah, where yeah. they did the hybrid deal. So now they added that little electric in there and made it basically beat everything else on the road. Yes. But now electric's caught up to be faster than nose, and gasoline has caught up to be faster than nose. So now, what would it be like to take those two absolute, ridiculous, yeah. super hyper cars and make a hybrid out of those? That's what I'm saying. I want them to fuse them together to make something completely It'd be stupid. a billion horsepower. I'm looking at the, the drive.com, and one of their comments is that if, the spe- if, you know, if this uh, all gets together, they think they're probably going to give up the 8-liter quad-turbo W16 for maybe a quad-motor electric drivetrain offering well over 2,000 horsepower. (laughs) I feel like, though, the first first one still... I'd drive it. I'd drive it. I I, I still feel like definitely the first one still needs to take fuel of some type that's not electric. So I think they need to, like, do a hybrid before they... Because, you know, they're going to get rid of that, and it's going to be all electric anyways. Yeah, Eventually. but you say that, and then I think Fisker Karma, and then that didn't do anything. So, oh, truth. Yeah, but just, that wasn't technically a hybrid. It kind of was. It only drove. It was only it powered. It had a electric. gas it, engine that powered that powered a generator to charge the batteries right. to drive the electric motors. And that's all it did, though. So that's not technically a hybrid. That's uh, a charging that's, system. It's jacked up, is what it is. <laughs> period. And it, it was, a hybrid it was not a high performance car either. On a semi-related note. I saw my first uh, Taycan Turbo S in traffic this week. Oh, Ooh. yeah? Okay. <laughs> Sounded great, didn't it? Ooh, I didn't get to hear it. I was making a corner in a Corvette. You couldn't have heard it over the Corvette anyway. <laughs> but well, okay. it was sexy. It was white, and it had white wheels, and you could see those giant regenerative brake discs inside it. And I looked oh, yeah, at it, and I thought, cool. all right, I'd drive that. I won't drive any of the, the Teslas that all look like the fuzzy no-nose chimps from Evolution, but uh, I'd I, I drive that stinking I'm, Porsche. I'm that was pretty. If, if there's ever been one thing that, you know, is always like, I don't want that. I don't want a hybrid. And then Porsche made one where I go, okay, I, do, I would take a hybrid. And then I was like, I don't want an electric car. And then Porsche made one. I'm like, okay, I would take an electric car yeah, as that, long as it's that one. That, that Taycan was so that sexy. Nice. Uh, yeah. I think I'd do that. From GM Authority, six like-new 1993 Chevy Camaro pace cars head to auction. Uh, In 93, the Camaro uh, had a clean sheet design for its fourth generation, and it was subsequently invited to pace the Indy 500. And as a result, 
Chevrolet came out with a Chevy Camaro pace car replica package. If memory serves, the RPO on that was B5A. It was 995 bucks. It was so stupid cheap you couldn't even believe it. And they only made 633 of them. And it's a, a black over classic white or arctic white with uh, uh, pink, yellow, and turquoise and purple wavy stripes down the side. It had white wheels. It came with indie graphics uh, that you could apply you know, on the doors like the 78 Corvettes had. And a matching cloth interior trim. All of the pace car replicas were Z28s. They're all uh, the 350 LT1, 275 horsepower, four-speed automatic, loaded up, you know, uh, steering, brakes, windows, locks, mirrors, T-tops, all that stuff. Well, you could get T-tops in some of them. Oh. Now, a collector put together six of these things. Jesus. And all six of them have fewer than 100 miles on them. They're between 18 and 79 miles on God. all six cars, and all six of them are headed for sale at the Mecham auction down in Orlando the end of this month, the 28th through the 31st. All six have the uninstalled Indy decals. Three of them are T-tops. Three of them are coupes. None of them have ever been registered. They are all, wow. like, brand new. Holy moly. Now, if you've ever wanted to own one of these, here's your chance. If you've ever owned, wanted to own 1% of the total production... <laughs> you can do that too, but they are being sold as separate lots, not together. What do you think uh, is uh, they're going to go for? I don't know. You know, I didn't even look it up. And the f- funny thing is, I wrote this article. But uh, uh, I'm on Hemmings right now, Hemmings.com, and there's a '93 Chevy Camaro Z28 Indy Pace car. This one has 59,000 miles on it. Looks sweet. It's got the T-tops, all the rest of it. That one's uh, at 15.5. Oh, I would say on so these probably the like almost zero miles. I would say on these probably twenty five, give or take. They're all brand new. None of them have any miles on them. You know, every I would think every single one something. of them has fewer than eighty miles. God, that's crazy. Eight zero. You put eighty miles. Never been on. registered. Don't even have the decal. So the decal should be in good shape, I would imagine. Well, yeah, but I don't know uh, how pliable they'll still be. I mean. Yeah, I guess it depends. Cons- if they were like in ninety three. Yeah. Yeah, consider it. They're almost thirty years old. They're twenty eight years old, but. They're all like brand new. Yeah, yeah. And, what, and, you, I wonder. Do you think they've been at least started? Every well, once I'm sure while they have been. They look the pretty fluids? good. Um, I'm, you know, kept inside, started, maintained. I would imagine allowed to idle a little bit to keep the seal soft. I should we do a bet right now? What they go for? And we can check it out next time. Well, when here's they, when they actually. Here's sell. another end of it. Uh, there is another one on Hemmings mm-hmm. uh, that is a. Uh, it's another the Andy Pace car, night three, blah 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 blah. Uh, Twenty seven miles on it. This place is asking forty eight five. I was, was going to say somewhere in the forty, like just because of that collector ability. Uh, well, there's there's six of them in the room. God, I, I'm guessing that the well, first. What's the highest one going to go for? Well, I'm guessing that the t top ones go higher than the coupes. Okay, and it probably depends on how you know which ones come up first. But I'm guessing that there'll be two guys that think the first one's really cool and they'll drive it up, and then the. The first guy will get that one. The second guy will get the next one, and then the next four. Unless they somebody tries to buy them all individually to keep the collection together, I don't know, man. It's tough to say. Uh, I, it is. I would imagine th- they didn't sticker for thirty new. Yeah, no, not back then. <laughs> 
So no, <laughs> no, you can buy a, you can buy a Corvette for thirty thousand ninety three. Yeah, well, yeah, you could you could buy a Corvette with every option and leather and everything else. Uh, like I said, the option package that for these only cost nine hundred ninety five dollars. It was not a high dollar option package. Was it was ninety three the first year for that for that Camaro? Yeah, well, they, that, they got the three fifty. Yeah, that, that was fourth gen, first year, clean sheet, and they got to pay Sandy with it. Yeah, there you go. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to have Jared Pink with us. He is the co-host of the wildly popular YouTube channel Wrench Every Day, and sometime guest star or guest on Tavarish's channel, uh, and also Car Track and Venwicky. Jared will be here to discuss getting a racing license before a driver's license, budget rallying, and why you shouldn't buy Lotus Project cars. And if you've been watching his channel, that white spree they've got. <laughs> oh, my God. All this and much more is coming up next here on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters in Overland Park, Kansas. Our guest this week is Jared Pink, the co-host of Wrench Every Day on YouTube, as well as the frequent guest host uh, of the Tavares Channel. He grew up. He also works behind the scenes of the series Car Track, and uh, you're on VinWiki quite a bit, Mr. Pink. Uh, Jared was born in Stuttgart, Germany, and he grew up in Rockford, Illinois. He has been a Toyota Master Diagnostic Technician, and he built globally recognized performance racing shop. A longtime tinkerer and builder, Jared has always had the desire to make things go faster. God bless you. Jared, welcome to Driven Radio. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's great to be on and uh, excited to uh, spend a little bit of time chatting with you guys and, uh, I guess, sharing with the world a little bit more uh, about what makes me me because I uh, haven't had a chance to uh, hang out and kind of tell the story much no and everybody's kind of wondering uh they see the work you do and they know how good you are at doing it and they're wondering how you got there when did you know you were a car guy so i've always just had a knack for tinkering like it it was kind of a natural progression um my parents told me stories of i was five years old taking apart they'd buy a brand new appliance and i would take it apart and figure <laughs> out how it would work and i'd put it back together and that turned into in the neighborhood, there'd be the big junk day where everyone would put out their broken lawnmowers and riding lawnmowers and bicycles. And my friend and I would go around the neighborhood and we would pick up everything with an engine and then make it run and then figure out how to go faster with it. Uh, oh, nice. So we looked at our bicycles, a 10-speed bicycle. As <laughs> oh, no. the gears changed, she went faster. We looked at a snapper mower and noticed it kind of had the same chain drive. So we made our own gears, <laughs> put it on a snapper lawnmower, and I had my mom following me down the street at, you know, 30 miles an hour on a, on a lawnmower. Um, so it just, it just you, you start with small little engines, and the next progression, as you get bigger, your toys slowly get bigger. So it just kind of transitioned into tinkering with cars and having fun with those. So they had an engine. I wanted to play with it. I can't imagine your mom's car. It must have been rolling like a rolling church because all you'd hear back there is, oh, Lord Jesus, oh, Christ, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no, but Save my, baby. my mom has always been a big supporter and uh, – uh, Somehow, you know, she's seen me fall and get cut and banged up and just assumed I'd always come out on the other side and was, you know, there to cheer me on whatever ridiculous idea I had. Nice. Why do I picture you offering to mow the neighbor's lawn at 25 miles an hour? <laughs> 
what was funny is the way we funded a lot of the stuff. I actually, uh, a couple friends tonight, we would mow the lawns and clear snow. I grew up in Rockford, so you'd have snow a lot. Oh, yeah. We ran landscaping companies out because overhead cost as a 9 and 10 year old was very low. So we would go and mow and you know that's how we earned the money to buy the parts that we couldn't salvage and recycle was mowing, mowing lawns but you had to do a good job you can't get a good cut at 25 miles an hour you've got to go <laughs> slow so you can have an even nice smooth cut that someone will pay you for jared's the head of the lawn mowing mafia who's in landscaping <laughs> that kind of language that's where you get the ginsu blades man yeah <laughs> <laughs> So you said your toys got bigger. You wound up tinkering with cars. You wound up tinkering and driving cars pretty early. How do you wind up with a racing license before you can get a driver's license? <laughs> well, once again, it took it took my mom's signature. So it turns out that uh, you can go down, and as long as you have parent approval, you can get uh, the NASCAR weekend uh, circle track and small track license without any trouble. So we went down there. She sat through the driver's meeting and signed off and said, yep, my son can go and go and play. So uh, racing at the Rockford Speedway at age 14, had a uh, competition racing license where I raced a 77 Impala. Um, As a 14-year-old, I crashed the front end off of it, and we replaced it. Uh, I couldn't find the sheet metal for an Impala. My friend had an old Delta 88 sitting in the back of his farm, and we cut that sheet metal off, and we (laughs) welded it onto the front of the race car. Um, That's also when I learned about uh, air conditioning systems. He just kind of said, you need to unbolt these things, and turned me loose and just sat back and watched as I cut through an AC line and it fell backwards as the high pressure, you know, high charged Freon came spraying out at me. And I had no clue what I had just done. And he's at the farm just laughing at me and then came over and taught me why you shouldn't cut through things without knowing what they were. So. It's probably a good idea. You, can, you ain't on fire. It's all right. Yeah. You, you can discover the same lesson if you're working construction at a young age. Yeah. This is why you don't you don't tear down a wall with a chainsaw. There's stuff in the wall. (laughs) That's a shocking discovery, though. Yes, it really is. It very much is. Uh, While we're on the topic, hey, uh, we need to call your mom and tell her how cool she is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so going along, so with uh, the race car, um, it it had a Chevy 305, and they're known for pushing up the rocker studs. So the rocker is what the cam moves a valve Mm -hmm. how it opens it it works in that way and those studs would just be pressed into that head and i kept having issues push pushing those studs out so i finally learned hey you can buy and thread these things um to fix that problem permanently and i had to take the cylinder heads off and doing that and as i was getting ready to put it back together my mom was helping clean the cylinder head bolts for new sealant (laughs) with her fingernails in there just scraping them clean ready to go um, my dad came out with me another time and he was like, Hey, do you have some gloves? And I need a wire brush. And was like being very delicate with his hands. And then my mom was just fingernails in, like, let's get this clean and back together. That was those Lee oh, Weldon awesome. nails. Yeah. God, love her. <laughs> God love her. So we've had Freddie on the show before and he's in the room with you there, but we understand he's busy consuming chicken wings. Good on him. Yeah, enjoying his chicken wings. Yeah. Uh, how did you two meet? So it, it's a fun story um, in the sense that I, I have a kind of eternal project. It's a 89 Toyota Supra that the wife and I drove away from uh, our wedding in, and eventually it'll get done. It just keeps going back burner. But I have amassed a ton of parts for this project, and 
I had been sitting on a spare part forever. It's a the cylinder head for a Toyota Super 2JZ, and I finally was like, you know, I don't need three of these things. I'm going to sell it. And I have a friend that handles all of the listings for me because he has tons of buyers ready to go, and I just don't have time to deal with tire kickers. So he went ahead and listed this for me. And then all of a sudden, he shoots me a message and says, hey, I've got a guy who's very serious about buying it. Let me put you in contact with him. Because he would just kind of filter out any uh, any tire kickers. So I get an email from him, and he's, you know, Freddie asks, uh, you know, offers a really low price for it. And I kind of replied back, and I'm like, no, $12.50. It's a very fair price already. And we kind of went back and forth, agreed to buy it. And then I finally just shot a message. And I'm like, hey, you're not Tavarish of the YouTube variety, are you? And he replied back. Uh, yes, I am. Are you Jared of the Speed for Sale variety, the company I worked with? And we just kind of hit it off, went back and forth. He actually made a very fair sponsorship offer that I approached the owner of my company with to work with him on the Super Build. And the uh, owner of the company, Speed for Sale at the time, thought that was a waste of money. I think he was afraid he was only asking for like $4,000 worth of parts, which for a channel his size, that's absolutely nothing. That's like giving away a sponsorship. Sure. And he just kept saying it was, you know, Jeremy was saying it was a bad idea. There's no point in this. So I just kind of replied back and I'm like, well, listen, I want this build to go great, right? I will offer whatever help I can. I've got some spare parts. I'll throw in there extra so you can show how to do a couple things right. And that's kind of where that went. And then I think it was two weeks later, I get a random text from him and he's like, hey, are you a good driver and do you have any interesting cars? And I'm like, well, that's a random weird text. <laughs> and I was like, well, what are we looking about and, and trying to do? And he was like, my friend backed out last minute. I'm going on the dust ball rally. And oh. he was kind of like, do you want to go on this? And I'm, he's like, can you get the time off? And I'm like, well, let me check with my manager. At the time, I'm my own manager, so I instantly approved my time off at the uh, shop, no issue. <laughs> and gave him the option of uh, either my Lexus ISF or Toyota Super for the rally. And the first time we ever spoke in person... Uh, not not even a phone call. We've all been text and email up to this point. It was when I was picking him up from his hotel in Atlanta at six in the morning to just drive up to the start of this rally, and we were locked in the car together for I think it was nine days straight. So it was we're either going to get along great or we're going to have a miserable nine days. <laughs> and we had just a fantastic time. Became really really good friends through through that whole process. And uh, as it finished up, then I told him, you know, hey, I still want to come down and do that super build. Um, came down and did that with him, and he made an hour-and-a-half-long special where I think it's almost 8 million views now, and that was kind of like our first working project together, um, that big kind of mega super build. So that that was a ton of fun, and he said, man, you did great on camera and kind of gave me the opportunity to uh, move in and start hosting with him on uh, Wrench Every Day. So what are the upsides and downsides to working as a full-time creator? So... I've now done it a year and a half. Um, biggest upside is there's general freedom. Like you get to go and have a pretty free schedule to go do really cool, exciting things. And really cool, exciting things are presented to you. Um, you have opportunities that you never normally get to do um, by having this freedom. Someone calls up and says, hey, let's go do this trip to go get this car or something like that. You're almost always able to do it. I'll say the downside is you live a very public life. Um, yeah. As you get out there, especially as you get larger, you have some people that feel very familiar because they spend a lot of time and they get to know you very well through the, the on-screen lifestyle. Yeah, but it's one-sided. 
Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> one-sided. Um, so they sometimes miss the, the personal boundaries and they start going a little too far. Um, I have not had them come to my house yet, thankfully, but some of the other people have where they do that. Oh. Or um, my most interesting experience was coming down to Florida. I am in a rest stop using a urinal, and I had a guy ask for a picture <laughs> wow. while I'm using the urinal. And I was just like, absolutely, can I finish up? Yeah, it, you he apparently you? was offended and walked <laughs> away and didn't what? get a picture. But it was, was kind of like, that's that's past the personal boundary, guys. Let's work on this a little bit. I was um, Florida. I mean, and all these guys start with a I'm waiting for you to say, sure, here, shake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one one thing too is when you're when you do go go into the very public life, um, sometimes like again my my wife huge supporter and behind me a hundred percent, but she doesn't want to be on screen, doesn't want to have the no. the public life. And when we built her the BMW that Freddie gifted her, um, Tavarsh gifted her at the end of last year, people would follow her into work and follow her into the grocery store because it was such a very clear obvious car. And it just became incredibly uncomfortable for for her. Oh, okay. just, she she's not asking to to be in front and have all these people know her and follow her. So it it really became uncomfortable. Um, and the other thing that I'd say is kind of the uh, downside is everyone is an expert and everything you do will be wrong. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, and it's learning to filter that and not take things personal um, has been a hard struggle. And also transitioning from a production you know traditional career into a career where everything is numbers and likes and hearts so it, it's really hard sometimes trying to keep the separate or not finding personal value in the hearts and the likes and the views yeah remembering to keep that separate from your real value because sometimes you'll have a couple bad video ideas or you will have something that people don't like and remembering that isn't what your worth is yeah and everybody is a critic everybody also always wants to tell you why you're wrong and how you messed up and uh i i i get that because i write for a couple of different publications and anybody with a keyboard is ready to tell you how wrong you are yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty much no matter what i've i've had uh so with the toyota supra i'm worked with them nearly my entire life and i'm pretty pretty much an expert on them and i've had people argue with me and then reference an article or a walkthrough that I personally wrote. And they're explaining to me how I'm wrong referencing what I wrote. Nice. <laughs> nice. God, that had to feel good. I, hey, I've, by the way, did you look I've up I've yet the to have that one yeah. happen, but... Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, the other thing you find, too, in the, in the comment section is you can have 50 positive comments, but the one or two negative ones are so much louder, and learning to mute those has, has been a rough transition, but it, it's gone fairly well, um, and it's just you kind of get used to it, and you try not to desensitize because sometimes yeah. they bring good opinions, but, yeah. you know. Well, and I find that I still read all of the comments because there's always somebody who knows more, and occasionally I'll, I'll learn stuff that I didn't know before going into the article, no matter how much research I've done. And so I still read those and and those help but those are so few and far between and in between those you'll have a hundred guys telling you well you pig-headed idiot you don't know anything don't kid yourself brett's brett's writing down names and looking up addresses <laughs> <laughs> there's a reckoning <laughs> I, 
I got some IT uh, some IP addresses. Watch uh, for the blue Corvette. Your day is coming. <laughs> so you are also involved with Car Track. Uh, some behind the scenes, some in front of the camera. What goes on behind the scenes? Uh, can you reveal anything about the upcoming series? Uh, tell us all the good stuff. So, Car Track is a ton of fun, um, and I will say behind the scenes has gotten a lot smoother as the series I'm has sure. grown <laughs> and uh, advanced. It it started with uh, Tavarish and I, Freddie and I, driving a Pimp My Ride minivan to gift it to Tyler Hoover, and we were hanging around uh, Ed's uh, campfire one evening, and you know Ed kind of had suggested, hey, why don't we do this? And Freddie at first was like, well, you, you really can't. And Ed's like, well, why not? So Freddie reached out to some people we knew from uh, Dust Bowl Camera Guy. He got a crew together, and the first season we had really no clue what we were doing. The scene of us driving into Mar-a-Lago, um, Trump, <laughs> President Trump's uh, resort in uh, Florida, that was a real thing. Uh, and it's Car Trek is a whole series half of the time of lucky coincidences and how things just happened to work out for us. We were able to pull in there because someone who wasn't supposed to pull in was trying to, and the cops stopped him. Tyler's in front with his Ferrari 360, top down, turn signal, and we all pull in right behind him. So it was Tyler in the Ferrari, then it's Ed in the Lambo, Freddie in the Aston, and then I was driving the uh, one of the rented camera vehicles with a camera op, and it's a all blacked out police spec Tahoe. Okay. So it looked like a security guy, you know, for these three important, and they just turned the turn signals on like they're supposed to. And then all of a sudden, the cop got the guy out of our, the way and just waved us right in. Didn't ask a single question. You act like you belong. You pull right in. And as soon as we got up front, we got yelled at a whole lot and got right back out of there. I'm sure you um, did. There was more ugly on that van than a Rolling Stones group photo. Oh. <laughs> um, and then let's see, just some of the other cool things. Uh, second series, we learned just because the car doesn't break down doesn't mean it doesn't have to for the story. Um we try to expect and plan things and they all behave differently. Mm -hmm. uh, unlike major productions that will have two or three sets of cars, we have one of each, you know, there's not the budget for it. Um, when we shot series two, it was 120 degrees on that lake bed and it <sighs> was miserable. We worked uh -huh. through it, had a blast the best we could. Um, just trying to think some of the other really cool moments. Uh, series five that's coming up. It'll be September is going to be phenomenal the some of the if you follow instagram there has been released kind of some footage of a mclaren f1 mm -hmm. um a lot of people have complained that they've wanted to see budget cars in a car trek well if we include the mclaren f1 the budget of cars in in uh season five the range from most expensive to least expensive is 19 million nine hundred ninety seven thousand dollars mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of something for everyone um <laughs> But that that was a great great series. I had good fun uh, actually having to transport the three dream cars. We had that wrench every day episode with my new uh, GMC truck. Uh, that was a blast. Uh, the Ferrari special, the uh, 308 was a miserable car that Freddie had to drive. Um, <laughs> oh man! Even nice. if we had a lot more time, uh, the delays and you know they they were pretty rough on Freddie for not having the car in better condition. Um, he did have, you know, it wasn't a camera thing. He did have COVID and he had a long lingering, uh, uh, effects from it, which kept him from the shop plus a new baby. And it just kind of fell by the wayside. So it really was, we had three and a half, four days to get this thing 
as patched together that wow. that you can for a series. And we had no carburetor jets. We had nothing to try to improve it for the altitude or any other changing conditions. So it just it turned into an awful car, um, but it was perfect for the series. No, but you uh, you did pull the doors off the sucker for part of the series, and uh, that was some really out of the box thinking. I like that. Oh, it was fantastic! The car was so much better without doors. <laughs> it, was, um, it was probably four hundred pounds lighter without doors. Yeah. And then we uh, also discovered Colorado really wants you to have side view mirrors, and we stopped by an auto parts store and a replacement like motorcycle side view mirror. We found that was perfect. We just threaded it into one of the door bolt holes, and it gave him a side view mirror. <laughs> and then, the uh, brilliant. And then we then we came across to cattle drive, and like we were they were fueling up, and we were planning to go the other route. And a camera op and I had drove by and just saw him and said, "Guys, we need to hurry up and go back this direction because you're likely going to get stuck by a bunch of cattle. It should be entertaining." Well, it turned out to be incredibly entertaining because Freddie, with no doors, had to turn. And he ran over a uh, cow pie, and it peppered the whole side of the car and up into his parka. So. Oh, my God. Oh, that sucks to be you. Yeah, too many, <laughs> too many open jokes there. Just unbelievable. So nice. Uh, and, then, uh, and again, so coming up for, for five, we had a bunch of plans. They end up getting canceled on us, so we have to, to scramble and fix things. And... All of those, again, a series of just perfect coincidences. The last minute finding a new location resulted in three or four more real amazing scenes. Um, uh, I think they had posted some pictures of a private jet. That was just, again, it all just fell into place to work out. And that's just how, it's amazing how well it works. Because we're not a big corporation on Car Trek, you don't have to worry about all of the insurance side of things. And you're able to just get it like... Having a McLaren F1, the fact that we were able to, the Revs Institute was phenomenal for loaning yeah. the car out for three hours and had complete freedom. They, they sent uh, a mechanic with it, but oh really my. he was just there to oversee. But we had three hours of, of use of that car. And if you know we were a corporate program, insurance would say no. And well, we were just going for it. So, <laughs> well, good on you. By the way, since you're in the room with Freddie, we would all like to congratulate him on his selection of model for the car ad that he did <laughs> on that 308. Oh yeah, the, the so, girl okay, looked ten so, times better than the car did. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. so that, that's okay. Another fun things with uh, car trek. A lot of times it was just it's last minute because a lot of it's written kind of on the fly. I get asked, hey, can we find this? Can we do this? Can we source this? And that was the biggest ask that, you know, they've ever thrown at me. It was, can we get a model? It needs to be, you know, a fitness model, and it needs to be preferably tonight, tomorrow at the latest. So I'm start, I'm calling friends, reaching through contacts, and I remembered one of our new, uh, newer uh, crew members, Timothy. He also shoots a lot of models, mostly boudoir. So I'm like, Timothy, help me out. We need to track down. A booty model he thought boudoir so he's finding boudoir models i'm like no 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 like fitness instagram booty model so he starts firing off contacts and then tracked her down and she was open to come out and you know it it's a lot more affordable to hire a model last minute than you would expect um, 
we definitely don't make as much per hour that she does, um, but it's not as expensive as you'd ex- you'd think. Everybody listening, keep that in mind. <laughs> Wait till the last minute. Wait till the last minute before you rent a model. Unbelievable. Nice. <laughs> so, are you gonna move closer to Freddy so you guys can work more? So, hey, we've we've talked a lot about it and. My wife and I honestly, I love North Georgia. Where, where I live, the roads are absolutely phenomenal. Um, one really big holdup right now is just the housing market is insane. Yeah. It, what, it makes perfect sense to sell your house and then. No just sense to buy something home. else. Every, everything in Freddie's area has gone up at least 100000 Some of it's 300000 So Oh, my goodness. There's kind of a hold, hold off and delay on that because it's just, it doesn't make sense. Um, right now um that and again my wife loves to go out on a therapy drive i'll get text from her where she's had a bad day so she'll take the the lexus isf out and you know just say how great it made her feel to go blast it around a little bit and throw it around some corners well any car that'll run 12 yeah i would think yeah (laughs) and then you know florida's nice it has lots going for it but it's interesting road is two or three turns in two or three miles so it's, yeah. it's hard to rival the the north georgia tennessee mountains you know oh, i'm yeah, no 40 minutes from the dragon so you know there's lots of really good roads close to me maybe you need to get him to move there you go <laughs> yeah, there you go <laughs> problem solved so sell us on the idea of bargain rallies Okay, so a bargain rally. I'm guessing you're uh, referencing the Dust Bowl rally. Uh, and... Dust Bowl rally in that that fine, lovely, beautiful piece of Honda stretch limo you have. <laughs> the Honda stretch limo. So there's so there Dust Bowl covers multiple aspects. Um, they have their main event. They have quick GTs. Um, the GT is like a three day rally. The main events range between 2,000 and they've done a 3,000 mile rally that take an entire week. Um, Honda Rousey, the 1985 Honda Accord limousine, <laughs> one of one of 15, one of three surviving that I can find. They put together what they called the Daredevils. You had a thousand dollars to buy and prepare a car, and normally on these rallies you're running phone GPS and countermeasures and radios. And the rules for us were paper maps only. <laughs> and, really? And uh, it was fantastic. We had a blast. There's three total teams that entered. And uh, all three of us were in Honda Accords. Ours was the most unique, uh, obviously, <laughs> but um, the only stretch limousine uh, that, that was there. Uh, it failed miserably. We Ultimately, her, her demise came. We had to valet park all the cars at our starting hotel, and we tried to explain the fan switch requirements because we had the option of buying a new thermostat switch for the electric cooling fans or the replacement antenna for the tv that didn't work on the back and we had to have the boomerang antenna yes so <laughs> that's what we put on and the valet pulled Priorities. it down for the first night's driver's meeting and it's sitting there just boiling over because they didn't turn the cooling fan on and that cracked the cylinder head and we limped it through one day and it blew up like immediately into the second so it's getting a complete rebuild restoration budget no object ten thousand dollars worth of upgrades on a jetted tdi you know diesel drivetrain that we're putting into this car to make it way better than it ever should be um but as a whole dust ball rally um you'll hear of gold rush rally and there's lots of other like lux rally where their focus is on experiences here and there racing you around to super exotic hotels and interstate parades to show off you know 
your cars and Instagram opportunities. Dustball Rally is a, kind of a gritty rally in the sense that it's it's a gimmick rally each morning. Like this year's route is Houston to Buffalo over five days. You have no clue where you stop in between each night. In the oh, morning, crap. you show up to the <laughs> That's a really long drive. Yeah. <laughs> but the first, you know, you, each morning you get a, a gimmick sheet, a route sheet, and it has riddles along the way. And you, you have to solve your route to get to that night's stay. <laughs> and you don't have cell service half the time. You are being tested, and it, it's phenomenal. You'll see things you wouldn't have a chance to experience and see otherwise. Um, we ended up at Mount Rushmore. Uh, I can't – you just experience so much. We went through a canyon road. I think it was in Idaho where we're diving down, and it's like 3,000 feet of elevation change in this incredibly short period of time. You're in the mountains. You're diving this amazing canyon road having a blast and then you pop up and you're on a plateau and it's wheat fields as far as you can see oh, wow. and you haven't had cell service for four hours <laughs> so, um, and it's just phenomenal and the the really cool thing on their main events um the the gimmick there's the gimmick championship if you find all of these clues and riddles along the way freddie and i won it two years back to back but you get free entry to the next year so it's oh. a fairly substantial prize that ranges between three thousand and four thousand dollars um you know, it's the entry for a, a two-person team. And it's just, it's amazing. And what's great about this rally is any car is the perfect car. Um, we have exotics, Lamborghinis, um, McLarens that come out there. There are people, for a while they had a, school teachers that would show up in a Toyota Avalon. We had some teams that were out last year in rental Cadillacs. Um, some people rental, you know, just any type of rental works phenomenal. You bring your sports car if you want to. Um, I know one of the cars coming on the main rally, but it's super, I'm one of like four people that knows. I can't say has no business going on the rally. It's going to go on the rally and they're going to have a great time. Honda Accord limos, they do great on the rally. So (laughs) it's about you and your co-driver navigator having a great time. Uh, Freddie couldn't go the last year. Um, so I invited my sister last minute. I'm like, who do I want to be stuck in a car with for five days? And she had no clue, you know, what to expect, but jumped into it, had a ton of fun. You meet amazing people, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, gift shop owners, us YouTubers, uh, just everyone is there. And once you, you know, kind of join the Dustball family, and if, if, if you get Dustball, you're, again, you, <laughs> across the country, you have a room to stay with anyone, and everyone looks out for each other. And it, it's really different and such a cool thing. It sounds like it. That's I'm ready awesome. to go now. Uh, <laughs> I got two more questions for you. All right. Um, I'm going to, we're going to have to have you back on cause there's too much other stuff to cover. Uh, <laughs> you, you've got incredible projects and I want to jump into all of that and talk right. about them. But the first thing I want to ask you is talk me out of buying a bargain project, uh, Lotus. <laughs> hey, where would you come up with the idea of a bargain Lotus <laughs> project? Uh, um, it's, it's two jack legs on YouTube. <laughs> so, well, one, it's a small car. So if you're not a small British man, you're not going to fit very well. There's tall, okay, well, mod, that's tall man, yeah. There's tall man modifications out there to kind of help you fit. Um, I'm going to struggle. Take the rails yeah. off the seat. <laughs> Pretty much, and it may be we finish this. We're, we're working on a 1990 Lotus Esprit Turbo SE, and when we're done with it, I may never drive the car, um, which is kind of a bummer. And I like that I can get be. my head in, but there's just not quite the legroom for it. Um, <laughs> Parts availability is difficult. You're, we're starting to find some companies 
that have some parts, but it's like order a couple parts here, then order a couple parts from here. If you go on Lotus's website and their official parts listings, they didn't exist before 2000, according to them. <laughs> they don't even offer oh. or show any listings, so you're on your own for everything. Um, oh. You have to cross-reference your books and know how to find parts. Like I, I found there's a very specific Nissan Maxima between 93 and 94 before they went dual cam where it had a square tooth and not a round tooth timing belt. And you can get it off the shelf, but it's 0.2 millimeters, not as wide, but it's a easy to find ish, you know, timing belt for the four cylinder turbo. And just going wow. through all those leg works. Uh, if you enjoy that type of stuff, it's the car for you. Uh, if you want to be able to just service your car, if it breaks down, call up a place and have parts in two days, not the car for you. Um, <laughs> The cylinder head, we were optimistic it broke the timing belt. We were hoping it didn't bend valves. Um, it bent every single one, and you can't just <laughs> order those. Um, they have to be custom-made because there's no inventory oh, no. of uh, valves for this engine. So it's oh, just th – there's hoops for everything. Um, but ultimately, I don't know that I can talk you out of it because when you're done with it, as long as it doesn't have paper mache on the front bumper like ours, yeah, it's a that. stunning car. <laughs> It's, your your front bumper doesn't look great. <laughs> so, so the story of the Lotus, the previous owner uh, had a uh, off or a uh, um, non-driving incident where they uh, went through the ditches front and rear of the car and then attempted their own repair while it wasn't running with what looks like either paper mache or sheetrock paper. Like, it is hideous. And we've got new bumpers and body panels on order for this thing to make it look right, but... Um, Dude, I'll yeah, show you that, the picture. It's not good. <laughs> James Bondo. James Bondo. <laughs> Pretty Jesus. much. Uh, I was waiting for you to say it was the PRV transmission and don't touch that, but it sounds like it's everything else, too. <laughs> well, you know, you can overlook the transmission, you know, because in stock form, as long as you're gentle to it, it will hold up. Mm -hmm. um, we are looking into uh, options of adapting a different transmission. There's some people who've tried different ones. Um, we're potentially getting one uh, that hasn't been done, and because we have it, we'll go through all the trouble of building our own adapter plates and having it fail miserably and ending up with the more traditional. <laughs> but you've got to try something that, you know, if you've got parts, try your parts first. Okay. Now... What is the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? And being that you're in the same room with Freddie, there's probably a good list. Oh, dude. I can't <laughs> imagine. T taking a Honda stretch uh, limousine on a rally through uh, a copper mine? No. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's lots of questionable things. My race car having broken roll cages. Um, but I'll say the dumbest that I, that I can talk about on something that will have multiple viewers and listeners to it that uh, we can't offend would be in the, the Lexus ISF. Um, I'm driving home from work one day and there's a long stretch of road that is two lane and they closed all the passing lanes and there's a big rig in front, two cars in front of me and there's a Chrysler Crossfire that's just playing bumper tag with me, like tailgating me and I'm like, we're all stuck going 20 under the limit. Do you not see this large vehicle in front of me? And it's just, I'm getting more and more frustrated. We finally get to where the it breaks into a four lane right at a traffic light. And we get stuck at the red side by side. It's all fresh, brand new pavement. And I'm just so irritated. I'm not paying attention to anything. 
look over at the crossfire, light turns green, and I romp it in the Lexus. And I'm solid black lines all the way through the intersection. It's a 55-mile-an-hour road. I'm 60, 63 by the time I'm at the lights through the intersection. Oh, I lift. Because the guy's like, he, it's not even close. And I'm sure. just cruising. <laughs> and then uh, I kind of breathe a little bit. I'm like, all right, that's out of my system. I'm good. And uh, in my side view mirrors, I see four sets of uh, police lights coming very, very quickly after me. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. And I pull off into a turn lane, and they set up for a felony stop. Two in front, two behind. And then the crossfire goes down, windows down, laughing at me. And I'm like, that's deserved. And uh, I'm sitting there ready to get handcuffed. And the officer comes up. I have all the windows down. And, you know, he walks up to the window. And he's like, do you mind telling me what you're doing back there? And I looked at him very seriously. And I said, well, honestly, sir, being a dumbass. <laughs> and he kind of looks and he's like no seriously what what were you doing so i explained i was frustrated this guy was tailgating i just was blowing off some steam and we go back and forth a little bit and then he was like now i gotta ask you he's like did you not see any one of us four sitting at that red light when you did that oh no. and i'm just like honestly sir i believe if i saw even just one of you i probably wouldn't have done it <laughs> he then laughs, and I'm like, okay. They all meet by the car. Three of the cops leave. So I'm like, all right, I'm not being arrested or towed. How much is this going to cost? And comes back up, and uh, Hall County, Georgia, has a great thing called Too Fast for Conditions. It's what you pay lawyers lots and lots of money for uh, to get every ticket pleaded down. He comes up says, I've got to write you for something, and it's just a carbon written. It's not computer entered, nothing. It's just written on a piece of carbon paper. You pay your fine, and it's gone. They don't even have record of it anymore. So wow. I would say clearly the dumbest thing I've ever done is a massive smoky burnout in front of four cops <laughs> on a major, major road. In Georgia. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Uh, I may or may not be guilty of doing something real similar to that that I can't discuss because my dad listens to the show. <laughs> Was it his car? If it wasn't his car, you're we fine. We can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> it was no, it was not his car. It was my car. Uh, well, it was my wife's car. It was a Corvette I bought her, and uh, I was showing off in front of a buddy's girlfriend and got it got caught uh, very much like you did, except it was at the top of an entrance ramp and I was well over the speed limit. And police in my town have zero sense of humor. None, <laughs> not any. And he didn't even get the gun on me, but he was miffed by the time he got me pulled over. <laughs> We've been speaking with Jared Pink, the co-host of Wrench Every Day on YouTube. All the links for Jared and Wrench Every Day can be found on readthedriven.com. Jared, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I had a great time. Thanks for having me, and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. That dude was cool. That was fun. Indeed. It would, and he and Freddie work on so much cool stuff. You just kind of like to spend time in the shop and watch what they're doing. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to get in his way. He looks like he could probably cut you in half with a torch. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> just a, a nice guy, but he's big. And well, he's big, tall. and he also knows what he's doing, man. Yeah, you watch. Wicked. You watch all the projects they work on, and uh, that guy, he really gets after it. 
Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt. Yep. And Mr. Mark Groves. Yo. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.